Sonic States. What's wrong? Coming up on Sonic Talk 232, the Roland GR500 guitar synth, audio sauna, an online music workstation, plus white, pink, brown, and purple noise. No, really. Then, who'd be a sample drummer and the luthiel, the only piano left in the world of its kind? And finally, let's model some crummy electronics. Sonic Talk 232 is brought to you by YamahaSynth.com. They want to tell you about the N8 and the N12 analog mixers with high-resolution Firewire audio interfaces built in. Check out YamahaSynth.com and YamahaDownload.com. And by Mac Pro Video. Save 20% on all single downloads of their extensive video training courses by visiting sonicstate.com forward slash MPV. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk number 232. That's right. The eagle-eyed amongst you will have realized I named last week 230 as well. It should have been 231. I know. Look, I was in a hurry. I was going on holiday, and I wanted to get the interview uh, with the uh, very ever-interesting Matt Robertson, who's Bjork's biophilia MD. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, in the meantime. But we're back again. Uh, We've got a small crew because it seems to be holiday season. Uh, Lots of people on transit or going away. But we do have with us... Wait for it. Mr. Dave Spears from G4Software.com. How are you, Dave? I'm all right. I'm not on holiday. How was no. yours? My holiday was really good, actually. Uh, I went and uh, rented a large mansion, a uh, very tumble-down place in Devon uh, with 40 other people. And we just uh, larked about, had a swim, and uh, just lounged and cooked and ate and let the kids run riot while we, all adults, relaxed. It's the third year we've done it, and everybody sort of goes... Oh, you know what? That was like a proper holiday. I feel like I don't feel like yeah. I need a holiday now. So, I think it's uh, it's firmly in the diary for the, certainly the next couple of years while um, while our children are of the age where they can enjoy that sort of thing and don't get into grumpy teenage mode. Excellent. That's good. Brilliant. So yeah, had a really nice time and uh, and everything worked. All the crew back here were running everything like clockwork. So uh, it was nice, and I didn't have to worry about anything. So that was very smooth and sweet from my point of view. So yeah, it was really like a holiday then. It was like a holiday because the server. <laughs> I didn't have that situation where you know servers broke or you know the usual stuff that happens. Last time I went on holiday. Um, I think, um, oops, I think Amazon had an outage and the whole of Sonic State went down for like three days and there was nothing I could do. I was in a caravan on the coast and I couldn't do anything about it anyway until they figured it all out and then it was fine. But uh, but yeah, uh, for those of you wondering about Rich as well, because Rich has um, obviously was on in Connecticut, which got hit by Hurricane Irene, which I'm yeah. sure you must have heard of because there was so much coverage. There were lots of people standing in rain in uh, fluorescent coats. Uh, Rich is all right. I don't think there was any damage because obviously the uh, I think it sort of petered out by the time it got that far north, and he ended up with um, a power outage, which has been for a couple of days. He's on his way uh, to do a gig in Cancun, which I believe is Mexico. Is that right? Is it Mexico? Yeah. Uh, with Sheik and uh, his family are travelling with him, so he said the problem is when he gets back, power still be out. So he's been told. So he's going to have a lot of melted um, ice cream in his freezer. <laughs> or whatever it may be. So that means it's just me and thee, Dave. Wow. Uh, which okay. is kind of fine. Um, I'm just wondering whether or not I can get a two-shot going on. I wonder if I can. 
oh, I, I should probably have done that before we went live, really. Maybe, maybe I won't, but I wasn't sure how many guests we were going to have, you see. So uh, let me just see if I can get a two-shot together, because that would be kind of fun. And then, we, then I can stop switching about all over the place, and it will be a little bit easier to run. So uh, what's that one? We've got this one here, picture-in-picture -picture webcam. Uh, that's going to be... Uh... Oh, look oh. at that. There's two of us and everything. Wow. That sort of works. That's quite trippy, actually. Normally, I don't look at myself. You don't see what yourself is. But uh, right. so uh, now, all I got to do. Uh, so I'll leave it like that and see how that works. So if I'm go I'm there, that'll be two of us. So it's a bit small. Skype diploma next week. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So anyway, hello. This this is all actually. Have I done the introduction? I sort of have, haven't I? And then I, and then proceeded to do something that should have been done beforehand. But anyway, right. um, welcome everybody. Uh, thanks to uh, all those in the chat room. I hope uh, not too many of you were disappointed last week when you came along and there was no live show. But while I was away, I didn't actually set up a kind of "we're not here today" page, and I'm very sorry about that. Um, but hopefully, you got the like I say, you got the Matt uh, Robertson interview so uh let's see what i've got i've got quite a lot of stuff really um quite a lot of stuff that we didn't get through to last week in fact um which i think could be kind of interesting uh the first of these was uh oh look at this isn't this beautiful What's this? this is the i'll see if i can get it to work because i've got um i've got first of all i'll show a picture of it there we go the roland gr500 guitar synth remember them there we are. Right. This is very dark, but it's lovely. It's very dark that, and and perhaps not the best, and not not the greatest playing. All that there's Andy in the background there. I can see everybody. Him. <laughs> um, it was actually um, I just saw this and I thought I remember really really wanting one of those, and there it is. And there's also another one here. There's a there's an auction which I found, uh, and this is just, and th this was basically a six voice analog guitar synth that came with a guitar component. Here it is. This is the guitar part. This is uh, another shot of the guitar and uh, close to the headstock. Uh, this is one I was on eBay recently, actually. A couple of chips, obviously. I mean, it looks well loved. And there's it's, it, had, it was kind of like the, the pre-runner to the Moog guitar because you could access some of the kind of synth features. And it had this huge D-type connector and a big cable that connected to this floor unit. And it just I just thought it looked absolutely beautiful. And I can't remember ever seeing one in the flesh ever in my entire life. And I just thought I'd look on YouTube. And that's the, honestly the only video... I could find wow. of the GR500, and I remember um, there was a GR300, wasn't there? I think Andy uh, is it Andy Summers? Was he the police? He used it, didn't was he? That, that was a blue one, was it? The blue one, yeah, yeah, because that was Matheny and whatnot. But um, who's it? Frick? I went. I know I was going to work for King Crimson at one point, and I remember um, seeing that Fripp used one of these for a while. And I think that's the only time I've ever seen one. I may have seen one in the store, you know, that they were trying to kind of get rid of because something new was coming along. Because they did like a bass one as well, didn't they? I remember the blue ones oh, really vividly. They did, didn't they? They did do a bass one. Yeah. I bet that I, was a nightmare. I don't know whether it's because it was it using digital conversion and tracking or because obviously the bass is, there's always been a problem with doing bass because it's, it's just so, um, 
well, slow. It, yeah, it will be. Notes it? Take, you know, yeah. more than half a cycle to get around to figure out what the pitch is. Otherwise, it's going to be guessing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really interesting, actually. I quite, I really did like the sound of the blue one. I know I was kind of... sounds a bit weird, actually, because it's in my sort of early 20s, I kind of really got into Pat Metheny in quite a big way, which is a bit sad, really. Well, I, that kazoo. I should have saved it until I was later. Yeah, well, he was using that constantly. <laughs> That's my impression of Pat Metheny. I just needed a bit more reverb there, and I'd have been de- spot on. And that was the blue... <laughs> Well, whichever that one was. <laughs> oh, was that his sound? That was what he yeah, did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's how you got all those kind of really weird bends and stuff like that. And I did see the other day, um, what the hell was that Matheny track? Is it Are You Going Out With Me or Are You Going With Me or something? Off ramps the album anyway. But um, I did see the other day that moving on a few years, uh, Hans-Jörg Scheffler has blagged, he blagged, uh, you know, the VG8 guitar. Oh, yeah. The latest update, 149 euros he got that on eBay for, I saw. Whoa. Which I think is pretty good blag. Is that is that the one that's the, the current one with the built-in hexaphonic pickup? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that was the kind of more physical modelling thing. I know uh, the only problem is with those, they always use it and they demo it and they play bloody B3 crappy organs and flute sounds and stuff that you just think, well, that's, you know, that's... Oh, I mean, the vibraphone. Go back to like the 90s. The, oh, right, okay. It had a really good nylon guitar thing in it, I seem to remember. It was kind of before they got really into trying to model amps and various other guitars and stuff, other things. It was kind of, it was sort of really interesting, which is what I really liked about the early guitar synths because for the first time it kind of, we had a, do you remember the step guitar? Oh, was that the thing with the uh, kind of arm? It was a poor, it was like a poor man's synthax. The synthax was the one with the arm off at the stupid angle. Well, that was the one that uh, Holdsworth used and stuff like that, and that had pressure pads and stuff. That was hideously expensive. Well, there was a Roland one which had a funny kind of... Oh, yeah, the bar. bar. Yes. Bar yes. I remember that. Yes. Uh, God, went with one of the GR, GR something. I don't know. Because actually, that's one of the... It's what, the Roland guitar sims are one of the few... The few things where the model iterations would be going down instead of up. That's why this confused me because I was like, "This is quite clearly before the blue one, but it's a five hundred, and the blue is a three hundred." GR seven thousand. Uh, thanks to the chat room. Uh, there we go. That's going past Redwalks. Nab that one. There you go. And Redwalks gets a, 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 a. As you can see, I'm bringing the chat room into the uh, into the show now. Oh, so, that's yeah, cool. GR seven thousand. So, yeah, that was yeah. the one. Oh, and of course, um, yeah. Somebody said about the ARP guitar. The avatar. I mean, that's yeah. There was a shot of that because when I was looking, when I was looking at for the you know just stuff about guitar because it's guitar synths. Guitar synths basically they're they're rubbish, aren't they? I mean, really, they never. I don't never, think. Never... Uh, yeah, I've got this theory that no guitarist should ever be allowed behind a synth. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is it promising? I mean, we even got a dedicated MIDI mode for guitar synth so there must have been so much kind of can you imagine all the guys in the in the kind of midi uh, definition meeting you know and may i reckon it was roger lynn who piped up for the uh, we must have a guitar synth mode being a guitarist himself do you think he might have been responsible for pushing for that through to, to the to the board members of the uh, the, the midi specification team quite likely we had we had a guitar mode on the original imposter actually i don't think we carried it through to the imp2 
but where everything's right. separate. And in fact, I used to get work. I shouldn't really be saying this, but I used to get work. I knew all the kind of MIDI messages, all the hit SysX and uh, controller messages, NRPNs and stuff inside out in a previous life. And I used to get work for guitarists who were trying to use their synth guitar. And when they were doing pitch bends, it was all over the place. So I'd actually get work going down to their place for like five minutes and putting this little command message on their computers. And I'd say, just run this before you do it. And it would just be CC100 equals 0, CC101 equals 0, CC6 equals 12. And that gave you your plus 12 pitch bend range. And then I could hang about and have a drink and a fag and bill them. (laughs) that day's work was that one of the was that one of those it's like one of those gigs where you get the bloke who turns up and he just presses a button and you you know it's like the mechanic's dream isn't it it is the synth the guitarist equivalent yeah did you go yeah i'll have to come down i'll have to come down yeah no it was always really good for a social as well (laughs) (laughs) and then they just sort of wig out and then they probably wouldn't use it anyway but ultimately i mean you know you you said you put the uh, guitar mode on the imp- original Imposca, and my guess is there perhaps weren't enough people who were saying, oh, please, please, can you just do this to make... Did you get anybody saying thank you? Yeah, there was one guy who was utterly, utterly fanatical about it and then went off into this sort of microtuning world, and it was like, yeah, okay, maybe we won't do it in the two. We might, I can't, you know, honestly, it seems like a long time ago now, but we may, it may be in there somewhere still. But no, the truth is... Hardly anybody used it, but it was just to give that pitch bend, the plus 12 pitch bend range over each string. So then you could bend each strings individually and whatnot. That's really the key. Uh, happy fun team. Uh, oh, actually, no, hold on. I'm, I'm in the wrong chat room here. The, uh, let's see where we go. Uh, Echosonic says, I always think keyboardists are jealous of easy, easily accessible tuning pegs. And uh, we <laughs> seem to have Robbie Ryan's in the chat room. And he's, uh, those of you, he's the guy who won the, do you, do you know, how, how do you Juno competition? A long-time contributor and, uh, and commenter on Sonic State. I've never seen him there. Yeah, yeah, Welcome, yeah. Robbie. Anyway, um, it's, I, just, I just love this, and I still can't believe this, this, this auction here. Uh, it ended on the 28th. So what's that? Yesterday. Uh, let's have a look. Ended at, yeah, damage? August the 28th. No bids. Yeah, but what Start, was that starting bid? 1,500 th- bucks? No, 1,050. And I think, considering it's got the guitar and the floor unit, that ain't bad, and I'm pretty sure this is the thing. I, I while I was looking, I, I haven't got it up on the the browser at the moment. I did see uh, just the floor unit went for like you know two hundred bucks. And the thing is, is you yeah. can wire it up and use it as an analog synth, presumably because it's got CV control, right? Yeah, I would have thought I'm, so. I'm guessing. I haven't, I haven't, yeah, I haven't looked <laughs> that on pause the back, meant. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it has. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Let's have a look. See, you could, see if we can see. You definitely here. set it up. Hold on. Let's see if I can see. It's got external control. Hold on, I'm looking at this. If I just switch to that, you won't be able to see it. Here. Uh, yeah, pitch to voice, yeah. It's got gate. It's got external synthesizer control, external synth in, solo melody control. So you can move. Yeah, so it's got basically. Oh, and you can output the strings separately. Oh, the first three strings. God, that's pretty rocket. I mean, if I ever see one of those brains again, I'm going to try and get that because they're 250 quid. I mean, that, I, I didn't forget that. I mean, it's a great piece of furniture, isn't it? It would fit a couple of... Yeah, know, man. Fit a pile of books on there. Stick some obsolete CD um, CDs on it. <laughs> there we go. GR500. Now what's going to happen is you're going to get tons of synth nerds going, ah, oh, yeah, but it's got the same filter as the uh, 101. 
well, then they're going to go up in price. You think? Oh, I reckon that must have the same. I mean, it looks like. It's, doesn't it look like the um, SH5 stroke? Yeah. System one. System one hundred kind of era stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it is the same era, isn't it? That SH3 that we had, that Will took, actually, uh, is very similar. Yeah, look, I, I cannot see what the hell's going on on that, but it looks like we've got, I don't know if you've got a multi-mode VCF. I should do a no, it's that frequency resonance. It doesn't look like that. Initial gain. Uh, and I think you've got access for different voices, poly ensemble, bass, I think, and solo. So there's obviously three modes and then there's an external synth thing, which I'm not sure what that is. I presumably you can use that because I, I, I don't know. Let's have a look here. Whether you can, if it, has it got output? I wonder if that's. I oh know that's that. Those three buttons there uh, uh, on on the right hand side that you see the, the the set of four outputs looks like it's actually uh, got the high, medium, low gain. So that's not CV out because that'd be pretty cool if you had CV out on it. The guitar pickups generate the CV gain. That's what I've just looked it up actually on vintagesynths.com. And it is the one I remember. It's got the um, a frip at it on this stand, which I, I think came with it. But it says Tangerine Dream, Mike Rutherford of Genesis, and that bloke out of Rush used them. VCA, VCF, VCA, LFO sections, but no memory. Uh, no, is that good? Is that is that good? I mean, those names are obviously impressive, but it's very much of its type. Didn't anybody use it for funk or something? Or was it not possible? Yeah, could you imagine that? I, yeah, it's weird because there was this great music shop near us where you could go over and you could kind of go, oh, I can't fancy a go on a CS80. And could you get that, uh, you know, Roland um, amp? What was that? What was that chorus? Jazz chorus amp over for my guitarist mate to plug his guitar into. And you could they'd do that. They'd accommodate that. And I know we tried it with the blue one just sort of jamming around for a while. And then I think we got thrown out of the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually going to buy anything? It was a sort of funk jam on synth guitar. Uh, can we can we buy a roll of tape <laughs> and, and record this? <laughs> I'll tell you what was great about this store is it had a sign above the um, counter and it said uh, "Defense de non fume pas." Do not uh, not smoke. Ah, uh, gosh, now that's ta- that's taking you back. I actually walked past the uh, the. There was a big music store in uh, in the in in Bath, Duxton and Pinkland. Took a picture of the uh, the the threshold because it's a beautiful mosaic thing. Let's see if I can get this. Uh, I might be able to load this up. Oh, I don't want that. I want my photos, don't I? This is scintillating stuff for people on the audio, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just for audio only. Yeah. Well, that just means that you have to watch the stream because the stream is often. Adds a certain extra meaning to the whole thing. Oh, there's pictures of my daughter with the balloon last night. Uh, this is the one down by the market. You'll be able to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's next to that white shop, isn't it? Ah, oh, sweet. Yeah, really cool. And that's all like a mosaic kind of threshold that I took a picture of. Nice. Very sweet. But anyway, yeah, sad, sad days. But um, that really doesn't have anything to do with uh, guitar synth. I don't think I even saw one in there. And that's where I saw a number of other things. Uh, Doctor, the Mac, Mac Doctor, who very kindly helped uh, once again with the compilation of, of the research. I think I'm, I'm going to meet him in person. He's coming into the office on Friday. I don't think he's able to join us uh, live uh, today because he's working. But um, he said uh, what he'd like, his, his kind of I wouldn't mind one of those, was the Moog Liberation. 
And that's definitely a, a plus as well. I, d- you know, I always wanted those, but then I was really disappointed when I found out I had a box on the other end of it. I thought it was all contained in the actual, in the uh, thing itself, and I was very disappointed. It was, I was a bit, you know, I just thought, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I don't think I trust myself to have any of those kind of strat. In the same way as a guitarist shouldn't be allowed behind a synthesizer, I don't think a keyboard player should be allowed to walk yeah. around the stage. You think? Do you think maybe that the limit of what it is is should be the um, uh, George Duke's Perspex ARP with the with the whammy bar? That's about as oh, far as had, it should go. Yeah, uh, actually, George Duke's probably the only because he had that clavitar thing, didn't he? The Davis clavitar. There you go. That shows what a nerd I am. That's impressive. Uh, he could get away with it. I remember trying to Moog Liberation once, and just it was so heavy, really, really heavy. There's a picture of me kind of standing next to a couple of modular Moogs. And there's this liberation next to him, and it's like, I think I look slightly nervous, like I'm, I've just been caught playing it and put it down quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's no good, is it? Something that heavy, substantial. <laughs> Right. Um, I suppose uh, we should welcome our sponsors. So uh, this uh, lovely um, flyby video, uh, I think this might be the last time you hear from Yamaha on the subject of the um, of the N12 and N8 mixers. But basically what this is, is an analog desk uh, with Firewire audio interface. And they're sponsoring the podcast. I've got to mention Yamaha download, yamahasith.com. Uh, long-time sponsors of the podcast. Uh, we're going to be looking at some other, focusing on some other stuff in the coming weeks. But this is the last time you get a chance to at least to hear from it from us. The N12 and N8, really, really high-quality A to Ds and D to As, uh, 96K 24-bit FireWire interface. Plus, we've got uh, characterised N mic preamp. You may have heard PJ Tracy, who's a regular on the show, talking about uh, they've got the same ones in his Steinberg audio interface, and he said they sounded absolutely brilliant, even compared to stuff that was more expensive. So, well worth checking out sweet spot morphing compressor on each channel high z input for direct guitar bass recording wide range musical eq high resolution rev x reverb fully integrated pro level monitoring suite auxiliary sense for artist monitoring or external processing dry or wet monitoring control uh, go and check one out um yamahasynth.com yamahadownlock.com if you go to a pulse store in the uk these are kind of larger yamaha stores within within stores where they stock a lot of yamaha gear and go and try one out run some audio through it listen to the mic amps plug some headphones in just take a listen and try them out again if you're in the us i'm sure most major dealers will be able to get their hands on one for you do try them out and if you do uh, buy one um tell someone that we sent you and maybe it will get back to them and uh, everybody will join the dots and and continue to think we're great. But once again, we do thank Yamaha UK for sponsoring the show, yamahasynth.com, yamahadownload.com. So back to, um, back to me and me and thee. Right, um, what was next? Uh, let me see. Oh, this was interesting. Did you, did you get a chance to see this audio sauna stuff? Uh, this, which one was this one? This is the online, um, the online audio workstation. It's kind of like Hobnox. Make oh, music yeah, online. Open studio. Uh, I've opened one here because I wasn't sure whether it would download. And I've got a, a synth here. Yeah. Obviously, quite a lot of latency there. These are flash-based things, I believe. Um, but it allows you to create... Uh, I can't make that. Unfortunately, I can't make this any bigger, so I have to kind of do it this way. Uh, I can add... Uh, what's, what can we do? We can add create new FM synthesizer, new analog synthesizer... And, and then we can do step sequencing within it, and it allows you to do... I mean, if you haven't got a door or anything, then um, and basically it gives you access to this, and you can save your song as an audio thing. Let's have a listen to what it's capable of. There's a few... That, uh, well, we've got great filters, instrument effects, 
jam a computer keyboard. I wonder how how do you think you implement filters in Flash? I've no idea. I did play around with this. It's quite cool. I like. I, I tell you what, I really like was the simplicity of it. The amount that I mean, the functions were just so minimal, weren't they? And forget the synth itself, but for you know, kind of working the door, the, fun, the functions were so minimal that it was kind of anybody could use this, and the and the sound wasn't bad at all. I just thought, oh, this is really cool for engaging people in the whole process, and, and, it, and it's, it's all free online. And stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what the one thing I immediately did was I plugged. Um, I plug some, you know, MIDI keyboard in, see if I could trigger anything via that way. And unfortunately, that was not possible. Yeah, I couldn't do that either. And that would have been nice. Uh, see if I can. This is the sort of thing that you can do with it. What do they call this? What kind of genre? Because everybody, whenever, whenever I, whenever I review any equipment, somebody always pipes up, and goes, "Can you do drum and bass with it? Or can you do this with it? This kind of music." So I'm guessing it's got a sampler in it, and, and... at the minute, if it's got anything in it, it's probably dubstep. This is I'll play you some. You're, you're not oh, here. That's you're not here. dubstep. <laughs> no, and this one, this apparently is techno, baby. The Lambada, <laughs> Samba Dub. The Range Audio says of the first one. Let's have a listen. Samba dub. Yeah, you know what? That's a very good. That's a very good description. I say. That's, I, I'd say, bravo. Uh, hold on one second. Now this time it's my mother. I'll just take it because it might be urgent. Yes, that was. I don't think it was urgent. And uh, another great quip from the chat room. That was uh, grandma dub. Which I thought was a particularly good... Grandma Dub might actually be a... That's a good contender for the show title, I'd say. Based on... based on Obviously, you'd have to be watching it. She's saying, turn down that noise, says Shane King via the... Uh, uh, via the, uh, via the chat room. Um, uh, I've forgotten where I was now. That completely threw me. It's not, I don't think that's actually a first. I don't think I've ever had a phone call from my mother from while doing mom. the podcast. That's brilliant. How embarrassing. Pretty, 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 <laughs> a, a pretty unusual granny call, yeah. Hold on, that's starting to get a bit dubious. It's by Naive Solutions. Uh, it gives you, what does it give you? It gives you um, simple intuitive interface, instrument effects, uh, chorus distortion, bit rate, uh, use your, com- oh, hold on, use your key- computer's keyboard to play me- melodies with audio sauna. That makes sense. Ooh. Open the drum machine, because the drum machine's got the numbers. Where's the drum machine? <laughs> uh, oh, the the third one, the sampler. Yeah, quite a lot of latency. I must. Say. It's definitely a step thing rather than a real time thing. And I can't sort of eight oh eight vibe. Select preset. It's quite slick, isn't it? Though. I was impressed. Actually. I was. Domestic turbulence. Now that's something I need to sound I like the sound of. That's all right. And then what can we do? We can uh, save to my computer, export songs, audio file. It's kind of very interesting. I mean, it's kind of an app-like thing um, in the same way that Hobnox was, but it looks a little bit more advanced now. It's actually more integrated into a sort of more door-type vial. A, v- a door-type a door type setup. Good grief. I must remember to put my teeth in next time I do a show. Yeah, the mixer, Red, Red Walks, said the mixer looks a bit like Reason's Regroove. It does a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, but, okay, yeah. 
I wonder. I mean, I wonder why there is latency because presumably it's loading into memory. So why should why shouldn't it be able to be controlled by by uh, via MIDI or by anything else like that? Is it? I wonder if it's a browser security thing or you know that kind of stuff. God knows. I had a hundred web pages open and it was just all glitching, and I thought it was intentional for about first five minutes. <laughs> Well, that might, I mean, that tends to happen with Flash, doesn't it? You get that kind of situation where you've got loads and loads of, uh, it starts to memory leak and you end up with a terrible mess of. Uh... Have you put your screens up on the wall, by the way, Dave? Have you done your own work? No, not yet. No, I need to. I just need to um, move some things. Yeah, you should make it a priority because I know Dave, uh, Dave, uh, G4 Software at the moment is currently launching a new website, right? We are, yes. We're in two days of, yes, launching website. You look so excited and thrilled at the prospect there, Dave. Is that something that uh, you've been working on for ages and you can't wait to get out of the world? Or could you, uh, would you there like is... someone else to be dealing with it? Yeah, I'd like somebody else to be dealing with it. <laughs> no, well, actually, no, in fairness, Chris is dealing with most of it. But uh, no, we've been working on this for goodness knows how long. And uh, yeah, we're down to the kind of real nuts and bolts is going on at the minute. So if I'm distracted, you'll have to excuse me because it really is insane at the minute yeah you've got some testing going on so yeah well that's fair enough i mean uh, I, I appreciate you taking the time out to come on to the show to be honest because I, I was sitting there on my own it's a good job you did otherwise <laughs> it would have just been me on my own talking nonsense for you know a considerable amount of time uh, rather than <laughs> no, just me and you <laughs> yeah talking nonsense hey. yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually with this new website and i'm not I, I won't go on about it today maybe i'll talk about it next week if i've got no actually i can't i'm not on next week i've got this guy scanner coming down um but yeah the new site uh, people will see what we've been working on for the last 18 months so and there's more there's more things that have happened so i'm actually really quite exciting chris summed it up he said bearing in mind that we both went to kind of you know private school he said i feel like i'm outside the headmaster's office ready for a beating i know it's going to be painful but the pain will subside <laughs> soon <laughs> <laughs> just something you got to go through that's quite an interesting uh, way of putting it yeah um right let's have a look at something else then right i've got uh where are we uh let me see if i can find it um ah whoosh machine now this was the, the only reason i got this in uh this is the mighty whoosh uh, p- partly because i was very pleased with the headline that i, I created for that news story this is uh, sonic faction created something called a whoosh machine which you know is um just white noise i'll play a bit this will demonstrate how you would use such periods of bits of white noise. It's free. It's got high-quality sampled analog white noise, eight filter types, uh, low-pass, high-pass, band-pass, vintage, resonant, built-in effects rack, LFO, pumper, which is a sort of, uh, I think it's an Ableton thing. So it's, it's got a uh, sidechain, which is very, very happening in the, in the club world, I'm told. So, yeah, you might think, yeah, so what? That was, what's that then? But actually, there's some really good um, stuff that goes on with that. (laughs) 
it's actually quite interesting because what's going on there, that white noise is sort of being used in place of symbols and, 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 and also to accentuate the, um, the pump of those side chains and what have you. And I've yeah. heard it to really great effect in a number of places. And, and so this uh, whoosh machine is just uh, something that allows you to create that. Because, I mean, not everybody has got an analog synth that can make white noise or a synth that can make white noise, although it is, is one of the basic requisites, I would say. Uh, and I've, have you, do you find, do you, I mean, do you find that you use synthesis, white noise in much of your synthesis or is it something you kind of shy away with as you stick to the pure oscillator tones? I do actually. And I've really, I'd love pink noise. I don't get on particularly, with, God, this is going to sound really uber geeky, isn't it? And that nerdy, but um, you know, when I had that, when I have that tinnitus issue in the, in the left yeah. ear and stuff, well, they give you a little, uh, looks like a hearing aid slightly trendier hearing aid and uh, it you can blast white noise so when the tinnitus gets really loud which sometimes it does you know exceptionally late at night and stuff like that you basically put this in turn it on and you turn it up so that the white noise masks the tinnitus and actually what it does do is it sends it into the background so that when you take it out say an hour or so later uh, the tinnitus is a lot better that's interesting. So that's my experience of white noise, which is why I kind of, you know, I just associate it with my hearing issue. But pink noise, I've really, really got into, and I can't. I wish I could talk about why and stuff, but I've been doing it's loads. What, and loads pink, of pink noise is white is broadband, isn't it? It's uh, it's unfiltered. Yeah. Is it unfiltered white noise? Like, what's the definition, Doctor? What? Uh, I can't tell you about pink. Pink noise for me is more musical, and actually, on things like the Imp Two, I mix that in with. Uh, some of those pad sounds, you'll find that there's pink noise mixed in because it's slightly more, it, the bottom end's accentuated a little bit more. So it just sounds a lot smoother. White noise is just equal blends, isn't it, of all frequencies. Uh, and I find, you know, with white noise, it's very easy to go in and pick out certain harmonics. With pink noise, everything, to me, is a little bit more subtle. I think we've even got something like brown noise on the... Uh, you know what? Somebody just put a, a pun in the chat room about brand noise being a... Oh, really? But uh, no, really I, I didn't does. know there was it's... such a thing. <laughs> and in fact, it's brilliant because I was witness to an argument between um, programmers saying that certain synths that claim to have brown noise, it's not actually real brown noise. Now, at what point in, during that conversation do you think I thought life was too short? Um... <laughs> quite soon, I would quite 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 soon in, I would imagine. I brown noise. I mean, brown noise sounds like an April Fool's joke to me. I don't it's, believe it. No, it's completely true. Um, yeah, brownie and noise. There you go. Brownie and noise. Ah, yeah. okay. Also known as brown noise or red noise. And what does what's the definition of it then? I'm just looking at it on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, you're just about to read. Up. I'm going to read up on it now. Yeah. <laughs> I can give you lots of. Uh... I'll tell you no, what. Why don't you hold that thought, and while while you're while you're thinking about that, I will uh, I will uh, also say another word from my other sponsors, Mac Pro Video, who uh, very kindly have given us a special offer. So uh, you'll be aware, Mac Pro Video, tons and tons of video training courses on, you know, Final Cut, uh, Logic. Uh, Ableton, uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, ha- learning how to remix as well if you're sort of just getting into that. There's a whole bunch of th- courses on there. Lots and lots and lots of audio. Um, let's have a look at genres. If we just go to, uh, let's see, audio. If we go to audio, we've got Cubase, we've got Ableton Live, we've got audio plugins, GarageBand, some isotope stuff. We've also got 
Uh, I think there's the uh, Auto-Tune, Melodyne, uh, Basic MIDI stuff, Pro Tools. I mean, there's a, a Reason. <laughs> I mean, there's so much stuff there that uh, there's bound to be something that you're going to learn from some, somewhere. And if you wanted to try and get a login or a download, uh, you'd be paying full price, unless you come via us. Unfortunately, they've given us a special code, uh, which if you visit sonicstate.com forward slash MPV, it will send you to their site and credit you with a 20% discount on all downloads. So please do um, check it out. I, is there a discount on the subscription? That's a good question. I'll have to find that. I'm not sure they're offering 20% on subscriptions because that's a recurring charge. And I'm guessing what they're thinking is, uh, obviously, if you come and check it out once, you'll be so blown away by a discount that you'll want to subscribe. But do do try out a couple of a couple of courses because there are some really good ones on there. So I just want to say thanks once again, MacProVideo.com. Probably the finest training resource on the web, I think. I'm certainly one of the most complete I've seen. Don't forget, sonicstate.com forward slash MPV and uh, get your voucher automatically. It'll bounce you over to Mac Pro Video and you'll be able to see what they got and try one of those. So, Dave, I'm ready yes. for your definition of brown noise now. Perhaps you would like to uh, s- summarise for me. Brown noise decreases in power by 6 dB per hour. Don't look, don't point the camera at me because everyone will know I'm reading it. Decreases yeah, you said, in you power said you by were. 6 dB. Okay, per octave. <laughs> And when heard, has a damped or soft quality compared to white and pink noise. The sound is a low roar resembling waterfall or heavy rainfall. See uh, also purple noise, which is no. an increase, which is a 6 dB increase per octave. There you go. So we've got. So per- it's like a filtered, filtered broadband noise. It just has different characteristics, right? So uh, white noise is kind of a slope, high past, right? Pink noise is probably is just all of it, right? White is all of it. White is all of it. Yeah. Ah, okay. So pink white, noise has white, got a white. slight high pass, a slight low pass filter. Brown noise has got even more of a slow pass filter, and purple noise is for prints. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, little brown Corvette. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is getting out of hand. But anyway, the mighty whoosh. What have you got to lose? It's bloody free, and it'll allow you to do some white or brown or some kind, because there's all sorts of filters. It'll allow you to add some dynamic noise to your track. And uh, it's quite. it's got quite a lot of... Um, applications certainly in sort of banging sidechain stuff and it's i personally quite so like that current i yeah no i do and in fact it's such a simple thing but when you hear it in a club or you know a, a kind of big gig it really can set a good vibe especially it's, in those it's interesting it's a bit like within the, that old sort of uh, stadium house vibe where you used to bring up an audience underneath and that would pump away mm. you know you get that <sighs> underneath it and I, I remember using, I mean, I, and I, st- I have, um, not that far away from now, used uh, white noise symbols instead of symbols, because symbols can get a bit dull. Yeah, and if yeah. you use a, you know, obviously the white noise, if you use a white version, white noise one, you can have it tail away forever and ever and ever. But it was just interesting. If you get a chance, check out the Lucky Date stuff. I know uh, a couple of people in the chat room said that he's got no sense of dynamic, just drives everything really hard into limiters and compression, which is, you know, kind of what you do for club stuff. But it did sound very sort of vibey and exciting for that particular need. So, yeah, interesting stuff. This is the uh, making of Studio Drummer, which is the, the uh, native instrument. Drummer who hits the drum, how he hits addition. the drum. You can't beat the sound into a drum, you have to pull the sound out of the drum. My name is Udo Masov. I'm the drum specialist on Studio Drummer. 
unfortunately most people don't know much about drum tuning but this is really the most important aspect of a drum sound the tuning of both heads the Teldec studio is, I think it's the biggest studio in, in Berlin they have a selection uh, of about 450 vintage microphones can you play the closed hi-hat right hand this is the thing I found, found fascinating on the first day, the drummers are all very enthusiastic. On the second day, they're kind of melt down. On the third day, they want to go home. Okay, let's go with the high velocity now. It's like hitting the hi-hat in different dynamic ranges. And imagine you're sitting here for eight or 10 hours every day. Okay, great, that's all we need. I'll tell you one thing they could have done a little bit better, and that's mic'd him up a bit better. Do you hear all that rum and hum and rustle and all that stuff? Hum and rum. Terrible business. But it did bring up an interesting question, which was, I know that you did kind of twiddly bits. and very, you, Have you been involved in sampling drum kits? Because I, I hadn't really yeah, yeah. thought about the poor drummer who has to sit there and just sort of you know all that kind of ridiculous levels of velocity because when you when they say oh yes this is all sampled at uh, 25 levels of velocity all different right hand left hand you just think somebody actually had to do that what a not and then some poor sod had to actually cut it all up and turn it into something usable and file it and everything good grief and that was me yeah i was the one who had to it was a sad bugger so, which is why when you so i did a bill bruford cd years and years ago uh cd rom cd audio and then we had him replicate everything that we used on the cds in midi files so we'd bring in a midi kit and get him to kind of reproduce it all and then i'd make sure everything was locked in time and stuff like that and there's a million really funny stories that happened during this but definitely one of them was you know bill's not exactly uh, a guy who is understated with his playing particularly in bands like yes but there was this element of just going, no, just hit it once and wait for the sound to decay. Now a little harder. Now a little, and exactly like that, you know, after the third day of that, he's just like, I want to kill you. <laughs> I just want to play a rhythm. <laughs> oh, man, that's... I mean, we did get him to do a lot of rhythmic stuff, which was all great. I mean, it was it was a really interesting experience, and I... I can't really tell you my favourite story of the whole thing, but uh, it was very, very long and arduous. And I was, uh, a good friend of mine had a sample CD company, Cure Parts, and they did this thing called the Holy Grail Piano. And he was like, he was absolutely beyond obsessive. They would hire this incredible piano that I think there was only like two of them made. They would take it into the middle of nowhere and they would do things like, just in case it rained, they would dismantle all of the guttering in this place so there was absolute silence and they would just record it from every single angle and they were doing like 5.1 crossfades and stuff like that i mean it's pretty easy to go insane during projects like that i can imagine actually i mean do they um is there is there any point in having a good drummer or a kind of drummer who's known for his particular style or feel do those one hit samples i mean couldn't you just get like an ikea furniture testing rig to do it uh, there was a thing with pianos where they used a robot. I know they used that to get the equal dynamics across all of the keys so they could multi-sample everything really, really accurately. The thing with uh, one of – it was funny. It, it, it was this kind of big thing of, of mine because I come from a kind of drum background. Drummers 
we have left and right hands and we play differently with our left and right hands. For me, you know, my left hand on the snare is the one that plays all the ghost notes and stuff. And if yeah. I was to reverse that around, even in the days where I was dexterous enough, it would sound different. So I had this kind of big thing in my head about, you know, left hand and right hand, because everybody programs drums from a perspective of you, you have kind of one hand or you have a million and you're just playing everything at once, you know? Right. Very much that. Uh, there was a company years ago, and I wish I could remember the name, but there was that, do you remember that drum cat, which was like an octopad thing, but it was really yes. good. Yes, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, it was SRC, wasn't it? Yeah, but there was a company who did a kind of add-on CD-ROM. I got a feeling it might have even been, this is how long ago it was, it might have been on a SciQuest drive or something like that. <laughs> but they <laughs> had samples that you connected up with this, and they had left and right hand hits. And when you actually played it back from the cat, it really, you could get some amazingly authentic grooves. I mean, obviously you are triggering drums, but it was that left and right hand, the difference for me was quite a big thing. Well, I mean, even, you know, even even GarageBand now has, you know, all the GarageBand for iPad, the, the, the kits on there have left and right kind of snares. And if you're doing a diddle, 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 you know, you have to, otherwise it sounds like a machine gun. It just doesn't sound right at all. Yeah but very much in terms of sort of dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Just, you do, you just play differently. Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the big breakthroughs, wasn't it, left and right hand sampling? Because that never really kind of came about until, I don't know who pioneered that one. Yeah, I mean, that I was, was probably It was probably uh, those, um, gee, what's it, what's that bloody um, giga sampler? Because they did all the switching and stuff, didn't they? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. And of course, that was the first time we had kind of huge amounts of memory disposal. Yeah, yeah. It was all right. streaming. Um, an interesting one. I can't remember what we started. Oh, but that, that did bring up this other rather interesting. Did you see this? The Luthiel piano, which I'd never heard of. This is this yeah. incredible thing. We did the, I, this. This was going to be in uh, in in the show a while back, but I never got round to it. And it is uh, basically the Luthiel piano. This is again another really highly specialized piece of sampling. And there's only one of them in the world, an original one that's in existence in the Belgian uh, um, Museum of Music. Uh, and it was invented by somebody called George Clotens, and it uses a grand piano as its basis and allows you to change the tone. It has these kind of stops. I don't know if you can see those there. There's like a little uh, pull like you get on an organ. Um, you can see it there at either side. There's three settings, and I thought, wow, that sounds really interesting, and I was really quite excited about it. And then did you actually hear any of this stuff? Yeah. I'll just play you what you think, and, and somebody rather unkindly said something about it, but I'll play you some now. This is the... Uh, <laughs> was kind of trying to think that was the uh symbolon by gf handel apparently uh who was it it was who was the composer that actually uh, ravel uh there are two works that he actually wrote um specifically for this instrument of which there are very few left but somebody rather unkindly after all this you know obviously all this work and and uh as i've said it sounded like someone had thrown a tea towel across some of the strings <laughs> inside, inside the piano yeah. and i i i must admit i I sort of felt like, yeah, that's kind of not far off what 
what I was thinking, actually. I was really disappointed. But, I mean, you know, but clearly this is a very, you know, because these instruments are incredibly rare. I mean, you just, there's just so few of them about. And it must have been, you know, a, a labour of love to restore it, keep it going and all that, and, you know, co- to compose for it. And I suppose even then it just illustrates how uh, people of the time, what was that, the 1820s, 18, 1810s, were um, just gagging for new and different sounds, like like essentially we are as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I love the fact that this is archived. I did. I really did laugh at that comment because <laughs> there is there are certain parts that you kind of think it sounds like a sort of you know piano with tacks hammered onto it, or it sounds like um somebody just playing harmonics on a steel string guitar, yeah, hammering it or a hammer dulcimer. It's all sorts of sounds, kind of. Or well, someone's put some tracing paper across it. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that what did he say? There's only one. There's only That's... one original. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, conductors from all over the world inquire regularly to rent the luthiel for concerts in order to play Ravel's pieces. Uh, obviously, shipping the last remaining one of its kind around the globe proved to be impossible. Uh, so this has actually got 9,500 single samples. Oh, my God. Can you imagine having to be the one who had to play? I wonder who played those or whether they got the IKEA furniture robot to do it. Uh, built in 1922. Oh, Oh right, I'm sorry. It was actually it's much later then, because yeah. we already had we already had sort of uh, we weren't far off uh, some of the synths, um, Hammond Novacord and stuff. Yeah, uh, built in 1922, it's been completely restored and resides at the Musical Instrument Museum in Brussels. And obviously, you know, these guys have taken a long time to uh, talk uh, talk them into you know allowing them to sample it, and it's all done obviously properly and with the right you know in the right places with the right mics. And but I think they used to. Being K and all that kind of thing. It's a beautiful looking instrument. And these it kind of you can awesome. see the stops there, um, which you presumably pull out. And I think what it must do is it it changes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, that's I, I've got a in the in the chat room. Uh, Lagrange Audio says, "Oh, did they have tea towels by then?" In 1922, I think tea towels were. They didn't have tea towels in the 1820s, but they did have them. Uh, in the 1920s, so that's probably maybe that was part of the <laughs> part of part of the prototyping. So he put tea towels on the instrument on on a regular piano, and then sort of formalised it in a in a mechanical fashion. <laughs> it's bloody expensive, mind this. How much is, is it? it? It's it's uh, oh, let me see how much it is. It's crikey, it's 269 bucks for the basic one. That's the sort of 44 one sixteen. And then you can buy 96K, you know, and 192 and all that. And it goes up uh, lots based on those different ones. Wow. Wow. Yes. We do have an obligation to record and uh, preserve all these old rare things, though. Yeah, well, that was interesting. Uh, this is another point that um, the Mac Doctor, who, as I said, kindly helped with the notes, uh, is, you know, what, 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 instrument do you have or own or you know perhaps that's in the current crop the new sort of uh breed of electronic musical instruments do you think will be classic and sought after and you'll have to sample and i suppose you're well placed for that because that's essentially what you're doing with modeling things like you know the imposter and the uh, oddity and that uh, that kind of stuff right yeah uh although it's not obviously it's not sampling um, no no not sampling but mo- I, I guess sort of modeling so that recreating and enhancing yeah although tomorrow with the new website we will be launching something of which there are only four in the world i've spent the last god knows how long and we've had an instrument restored 
in order to provide us with these things. I don't think we'll ever, ever make our money back, but it was just something that we felt was quite important. Uh, but in terms of other stuff, more contemporary stuff, I'll tell you what's really interesting is somebody asked me the other day, could I locate them an S, uh, Simmons SDS-7? Because they wanted that kind of hybrid uh, analog stroke digital grungy old school vibe for their drum hits. Right. And I think that's probably it. I've never um I've never played a Simmons. I would like to have a go. I always fancied an SDS SDX because they just look like Stormtroopers helmets. Yeah, that was the one that yeah, because don't forget Bill had that, Bruford had that and uh, Chris always Chris toured with him of course and Chris just referred to it constantly as a road drill because everything had the same velocity. It was pretty slick, but I mean, incredibly advanced for its time. Nine layers of this, three zones, nine. I mean, it was all nuts. They just had really crap pads, though, didn't they? It was like hitting the top of a full mica table, wasn't it? Well, I've got the SDS-5, the original, you know, the the Pew Pew one, the EastEnders one, which I absolutely <laughs> adore. And then, of course, that was replaced by the 7. But, I mean, I don't think the 7 was particularly reliable, so... I think that's why they're becoming really sought after. Dude, you couldn't give an SDS-5 away years ago, you know, 10 years ago. Now, I know guys are paying crazy money for this just because it's kind of analog. It's funny, isn't it? I mean, what is it? I mean, because we've talked about the Simmons, you know, the bass drum. You said, you know, it will just blow a hole in a wall given the right amount of amplification. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it just that? I mean, because surely that must be, rep- you know, you should. we should be at a stage where we can actually do that now yeah yeah we are but i mean you know we're so dependent on things like sound cards and stuff like that you've got all those inherent limitations you know we can do we can do the best that we can in terms of encoding stuff but ultimately if it comes out of a crap sound card it's going to sound you're never going to get that bottom end I wonder if we're, you know, because we've spent a lot of time, you know, people at like uh, Universal Audio and that are sort of modelling these kind of amazing uh, vintage electronics, whether we're going to start seeing them doing, releasing like the uh, the Trantec compressor kit and the, uh, what were those funny little things that you used to get in um, in the UK? They came in like little lunch boxes with plastic knob caps. You know, it was, it was the Great British Spring was one of them. And then they did these other little ones, which were like little gates, little compressors. And I like the Philip Reese stuff. Not that, yeah, it wasn't Philip Reese. It was uh, like that. What was it? Access, apparently. Andy says A- Access. They were called. Really? And they they were like brown, uh, two tone. Um, I wonder if that you know that sort of stuff. Because I used to. I'm when I started out, I bought a second hand Trantec or Tantrek. I can't remember which Trantec. I think it was kit, and I th- I think I sold it, and it had um, a gate, an exciter. Uh, let's see if I can find it. A gate, an exciter, a, a, a compressor, and uh, oh, and, and something else in it. And I used that on everything. In fact, um, Tom's diner. That was the sound of Susie's voice going through it because it had. Oh, that, wow. It was such an incredibly powerful compressor. It accented that, uh, uh, you know, the real bites yeah, at the yeah, beginning, yeah. and it was. Uh, and I just, I can't, I don't, it's an old, really old school, uh, I'm just looking on Google, see if I can find anything. Trantantrek, Trantec, I'm pretty sure it was Trantec, it was a kit form thing. Not the little patch bay. I don't think Trantec. it was, it was, 
It was what? Amdek. Amdek was the sort of... I think, I think Amdek, there was Amdek as well. I just can't find it now. Tran, because Trantec went into wireless stuff, and that's all the stuff I can find now. Tran, Trantec, um, Robbie Ryan wants to know, uh, he said he bought that track on iTunes uh, for 129 last month. How big will my royalty check be? Well, I can tell you, it's about <laughs> like this. <laughs> that sort of size. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. And I'd like to see that. I wonder if we're going to start seeing that sort of stuff model, you know, really crap stuff like the EQ in the Porter Studio 244. Or do you know what I mean? God, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the one, I, wonder, I thought the 144 was superior. 144, sure. far superior, yeah. <laughs> the really, the, the, the wow and flutter from the, the, the a really deeply grooved Fostex R8 8 track head, that sort of thing. <laughs> There must be a number of other sort of items of equipment that only... That, what were the, the lunchbox compressors? Who made those? They came in plastic boxes. Valley people. They were really vicious oh, as well. God, and, they, they, and they used to be... Um, they used to be quite well sought after. They had a real gritty sound. They were great for real grunge and stuff. It's, it's interesting. A mate come up the other day and he said... Uh, he's got quite a nice studio and he said... You know, he's like Mr. Compressor. And he said there are guys building kits of like the, uh, you know, 1176s and stuff like that. And he said they're absolutely amazing and they work out, you know, a fraction of the cost. And the more I look, there is this, this huge boutique little industry. Well, make it do it yourself. There. Yeah, yeah. And it seems that, you know, all of this stuff is available and you buy the kit for like, you know, three or four hundred quid. Versus how much is an 1176 going to be if you're buying on a, you know, genuine one? two grand and he said they sound he's done you know double blind listening tests and he said they sound amazing and if you remember when we went to the underworld gig uh that you know tim dorney the republica guy yeah. he's got a mate who he's got a guy who kind of builds him you know like fairchilds and stuff like that copies i guess really if you if you cut down on the expensive knobs and sort of fancy looking you know uh vu meters you can probably cut a lot of, of, of price out can't you yeah, no. I use one of those really crappy kind of uh, electronics kit boxes, you know, plastic. Like it looks like a giant sort of junction box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I used to make. I made a MIDI patch out of one of those, a MIDI patch unit, which had a load of MIDI plugs on one side and a load of MIDI sockets, a load of MIDI sockets, and you just patched so I could patch between things for sysx dumps. That was my first Home Logic Fantastic. Home Electronics project. Fantastic. <laughs> a, a DIN patch bay. Uh, well, actually, I mean, no, no, I have to. I think I, I've just reviewed, or I started the review of the Universal Audio uh, UAD two, and I never really. I mean, you know, I I've only played with a few of the things that they model in in the flesh uh, when I've done studio sessions, and I have to say, I did a drum kit um, thing on it, and I just it was uh, literally it was a kick snare, it was like you know D twelve, SM fifty seven, a hi hat mic, and two overheads. And after I'd put it through a load of stuff like, you know, 1176, some EQ, a bit of pull tech, a bit of it, it sounded bloody brilliant. I mean, it really did sound like, wow, that sounds like a proper old school fat tape drum machine. And so those models are great. I mean, obviously, that's considerably more expensive than making your own, but you've only got the use of it once. You can't chain tons of them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Although I haven't I mean, said I... that, it's still, it's still actually pretty expensive. You could probably make three 1176s for the price of a uh, UAD2, but that would be mono. I love their work. I really do. I have to say, I've got. You... A, there's a guy who uh, is one of our endorsees, is Dean Coleman, and uh, when he took the, he's 
he actually writes these brilliantly pumping tracks or DJ remixer, producer guy. And all he does is ever since we uh, launched the M2, he just keeps sending me these screen grabs going, you know, effing awesome. There's nothing like it kind of thing. And it's just this screen grab and every single grab is a patch on the M2 that's obviously been edited, but it's always going through something on the UA card. Right. Usually the Dimension D or something like that, and the Pultex and stuff like that. It's like what, what stuff? I just out of interest, what stuff have you got? What what do you just run the basic package, or have you got a bit? Of, have you got everything? I've got everything, but only on the UAD one. Ah, right. Okay. I didn't. I haven't gone for the two yet. I just kind yeah. of had so much invested in. But I mean, for me, the Cambridge EQ is absolutely essential. That's like a surgical EQ. Um, mm. The pull text, the Fairchild, I love the 1176s. I love uh, the Space Echo. I think is absolutely brilliant. I mean, can't I honestly can't fault any of it. The sub, yeah. I don't use the guitar amp stuff or anything like that. What I quite like about it is the fact is when you actually pile it all up and ramp it up, it makes as much noise as the original stuff. So you can have, you know, the door was stopped and it's just there going because you've got all this gain in the system. Excuse me. Ah, well, anyway, um, <clears throat> I, I, I think we're probably at, at a, a good point. Unless you wanted to finish with, uh, oh, well, it's quarter past four, actually. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll save Wire Songs four minutes long uh, for another time. Although, um, after reading a, a long and interesting article on it, somebody just sort of said, well, it's because that's how long vinyl was at the time. That's the, <laughs> the only amount of time. That's what you could fit in a jukebox. It's that simple. It's like, yeah, oh, I yeah. think it is, isn't it? Certainly on an album, wasn't it? It was like... Yeah, so yeah, singles and everything. Yeah, how oh, funny! I'll just somebody's just reminded me of something. That piano, talking about that piano being the one in the world. I watched this thing on Gilbert. This is completely off sidetrack, but I watched this thing on Gilbert O'Sullivan the other day, and I didn't realise he's quite as huge as he was in America. And uh, he's got like a one-off piano that the keyboard moves, so he can transpose it down a semitone. Because he was so used to playing a detuned piano. When he went into and played his kind of proper first proper session in a pucker studio, he was like, "It doesn't sound right." I just thought that wow, was great. That sounds really complicated. He was massive, absolutely massive. I mean, I only remember Claire and all of that stuff. It was quite schmaltzy, wasn't it? Yeah, um, no, but he lives around here apparently. Because I remember when we were um, when we were in our prime doing lots of remixes, I got a call from his brother who said, "Would you be interested in remixing one of those r- records?" No, Claire or something. I just thought, not sure. At the time, it didn't seem like a good proposition, whereas now I'd probably jump at it. (laughs) Yeah, Nothing Rhymed, I thought, was brilliant. But no, there's a fantastic book called Expensive Habits, which catalogues his entire battle with his management to get his money and all sorts of other stuff. So that's kind Uh, of... Was he one of the the artists who just sailed sailed blindly along while he was embezzled left, right and centre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Ultimately, he won. He took him. He, he took this guy. He took his manager to court, who was, you know, big, big dude, and uh, took him to court and won back payments and all sorts of stuff. It was, it was the kind of seventies equivalent of that kind of Frankie goes to Hollywood, you know. Right. Interesting. I must, look, I must look that out. Um, apparently, uh, Happy Fun Team says in the chat room. Um, he sued some rapper, apparently Bismarck E as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did he, they did asked he... if they could use this sample, and he said no, so they just went ahead and did it anyway. 
So he just kind of went, okay, well, we'll sue you and the horse you rode into town on. And they did. Right. 100% publishing, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, and the rest, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that thing with the piano was just brilliant. Mm, but also, I had that. no idea he was that huge in America. Yeah, it was. I mean, was he, did he tour and stuff? I suppose he did. Yeah, it showed him kind of doing gigs now and stuff. I mean, for us, he kind of, you know, died in the 70s, really, didn't he? Yeah. But certainly in the States, he'd just kind of done all of these tracks and he was touring away. Big Him and Richard just... still go on the same bill, I think, perhaps. Richard still go, yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd toss that one in, just see if, it, if, if you registered. For those of you who are not in the UK, or perhaps under 40, you won't know what the hell I'm talking about. He was, in fact, the musician portion of Play Away. <laughs> no, oh that was Jonathan Cole. Oh, uh, yes, no, he was on it as well, though, wasn't he? Richard who Stilgo? I knew. No, Richard Stilgo was Points in, like... West. That's life and stuff like that, wasn't it? Oh, where yeah, he do yeah, those yeah, kind right. of funny things nationwide. No, and I sort of musical ditties. Yeah, and in our local pub, there used to be because we had all the kind of Deep Purple and White Snake and Jethro Tull people living round at Christmas. There was always these kind of impromptu gigs, so it'd be like Lord Ashton and Pace and stuff like that. And then one, so we'd kind of all get quite excited because it would always turn into a bit of an event and usually a lock-in and uh, i remember going down there one year and it was a bloke called richard digents who was this sort of funny singer funny guitarist singer songwriter who just wasn't funny (laughs) (laughs) that's always the problem isn't it 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 can happen it's just a a, a sort of mismatch of expectations i think is the, the kindest way to put it yes Anyway, Dave, thank you very much for joining us um, and, and holding, helping me hold the fort for all that time. Um, that was fun, as usual. And um, so wish you very well with your website. Where, where will people be able to find that new website as of, what, next 48 hours or so, something like that? Yeah, 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 the database. I mean, this is, it's a huge, huge, huge change for us, you know, front right. end, back end, everything. We're trying to, try to make everything. And I've done, I can give you a bit of a tip off it. No, I've been doing all of these videos on like loads of the instruments that we have and stuff so for me this is quite exciting because this is the first time that i've ever been able to kind of publicly let them go and uh that'll be quite interesting to see yeah so what there are a lot there's because you've done oba and all sorts of stuff haven't you done loads of stuff on there yeah done the eight voice done the thing that will be um releasing tomorrow yeah the mini moog the odyssey you know just loads of stuff i just kind of had this yeah. moment of madness where it was like, right, I'm just going to film this stuff because there's loads of and you got videos a new camera playing. Actually, yeah. this is my older camera, and I wish I'd done it on a bloody HD, but I didn't. Hey, uh, uh, sorry, on the DSLR. But no, it's funny because on YouTube there's like loads of footage of people playing, and there's actually not that much footage of people going. This is how it works, and this is what it was in a kind of historical context. Yeah. So I'm quite excited about that. Yeah, yeah, you know, Mark Doty does some of those things where he kind of takes and he'll just go through all the individual sections. It's quite, it, it, it's, and he's he's done some great stuff. I can't remember what he's his um, handle is actually now, but he's he's uh, come to Bath a couple of times. He even did some stuff for us on the uh, top twenty greatest synth. I remember he was he's really good. Nice no, guy. really like what he does. Yeah, uh, what is his handle? It's brilliant. Yeah, no, really cool, cool guy as well. Yeah. Um, let me have a look. Uh, you had in the chat on. room. I just want to tell you this in the chat room. Apparently, uh, let me see. JJJ says still goes also responsible for some of the lyrics of Phantom of the Opera. Oh, Oof, oh dear. Enough said. Yeah, I agree. We'll we'll <laughs> just scoot. Wild. We'll scoot over that. Yeah. Um, 
Am I going to the free recall show in Manchester on Saturday? Also asked Robbie Ryan. Uh, no, is the answer to that. Um, I don't know what that is. I probably That's should. on a guest list. Is that Alan Wilder? I don't know. Oh, is it? I don't think I'm on the guest list then. <laughs> or maybe, maybe I am. Maybe he's, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I will be. Uh, <clears throat> better, better. Uh, just, yeah. to, just to point out, we did get rather a, a disgruntled email from uh, a fan of um, of Alan's who was, he was less than impressed with our brevity and lightheartedness when it came to his uh, situation. So uh, apologies if anybody was offended, but you know, if you will, parade around in front of your massive house and sell a couple of pieces of old tat then you're probably going to come in for a bit of stick but you know we wish him the best of luck and i'm sure he's going to rest a, a, get a load of cash and yeah you can't see this but dave is now yeah, doing the digging i, I better stop talking and i stop I, i've not made it better have i <laughs> no i admit, i should have brought it up sorry <laughs> Anyway, um, so thanks very much for listening, everybody. Thanks to those in the chat room. Another good week. And we should be back on track now. So uh, obviously last week was a holiday, so no live show. This week is live. Uh, hopefully we'll have, uh, well, uh, even if it is just the two of us, or even just me, I'm sure it'll be great. So thanks very much for joining us, Dave Spears, g4software.com. Stay tuned for some great new website action, including lots of videos on some really, uh, on, on some of those vintage instruments that you can see in the background behind you there um, and others. Thank you very much yeah, for joining have, us, Dave. I can just have a sneak peek at what is going to be that done thing with that thing with two keyboards. Hey, over that, there. That's enough. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I think I know what that is. Is that the thing that did your back in the first time? Did our backs in the first time cost us an absolute fortune to get refurbished properly? It's taken me at least uh, months. Anyway, yes. But now it works. I imagine you can't turn it on that often because it makes it quite warm in there. I should imagine. Oh, God, yeah, no. Well, it was one of the reasons why we actually wanted to do it, because it was like, we don't really ever want to... Yeah, don't, don't want to turn it on again. Turn it on <laughs> once, sample it, and that's it. <laughs> Put it in the skip. <laughs> no! <laughs> no. Anyway, thanks very much, Dave. Uh, thanks very much to everybody. Thanks very much also to our show sponsors. Don't forget, if you want to check out the Yamaha N8, N12 analog mixers, uh, you can see them. Um, there they are, flying past. YamahaSynth.com, YamahaDownload.com. Also, uh, Mac, don't forget, Mac Pro Video uh, is 20% off. If you go to SonicState.com forward slash MPV, save 20% on any of those downloads. Lots and lots of interesting courses there. So um, that's it from, from me. Um, this has been Sonic Talk number 232. Thanks very much. It's a wrap.